It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
out, get wild. Old school's coming down in a different color. Whip, whip, whip. Pick the perfect. You might want to take a flick, 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 flick. Call up Jazzy, tell him pop the bottles, cause we got another hit, hit, hit. Wanna go platinum, I'm who you should get, 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 get. Ludicrous, I'm attack, get back, trick, switch on the lack, I'm flexing steel. Same price, different time, hot song, jumped on, cause he ever got sex appeal. And I keep the meanest, cleanest, baddest, spinning on stainless wheels. Who care less about your genius, I bump your status, I keep the stainless steel. Folks, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Happy President's Day. Um, <laughs> I mean, all, do all the presidents everywhere celebrate today? I don't. Happy President's Day. I, I guess hopefully you guys got it off. Uh, but anyways, we're coming to you with an all-new episode. Now, we're doing it a little different this week because it is President's Day. So I figure we're going to do the pop culture roundup this week on Tuesday instead of today. We still got an amazing episode uh, because we have Kyle Cook from Summer House, who I just love now. This dude has been on now. A, he was just on like a couple weeks ago, and I love that he's coming back just to talk about Summer House. And uh, I, I just I love that dude. And I love, uh, I just, we'll talk about it in a second. But anyways, so Pop Culture Roundup will be Tuesday. I think Pop Culture Roundup is usually a good get back to work podcast. (laughs) Because we got a lot of stuff to talk about in terms of pop culture. We got Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox and that whole mess, which we had a new thing happen today. And Megan Fox is triumphantly back to Instagram. So we'll talk about that on Tuesday. We're going to do Kyle. And then I want to come back after that. We're going to talk Potomac reunion. We're going to talk some Jersey. We're going to talk some family karma. And we're going to talk Heather Gay's book, Bad Mormon. That's right. I, I read or listened to the entire book in a day because I drove out to Arizona um, and I was able to finish it. And I've got I've got a lot of thoughts that I'd like to share with you guys. Uh, also, thank you so much for listening. Remember, I do Vanderpump Rules recaps on Friday, and there is a great one, a supersized Vanderpump recap. Oh, the guy, we got to talk about that Vanderpump picture too, with Schwartz and Raquel that got posted yesterday. Oh man, what a mess! These kids, these these kids can't get it together, folks. I mean, let them be messes so we don't have to be. That that should be our motto, right? Uh, but go support. Also, I think the video now is up on YouTube for the Vanderpump Rules recap, uh, as well as today's um, uh, pod with Kyle Cook will be on YouTube as well. And you got to check it out just for the outfit I'm wearing. You'll hear me explain, but I dressed up as uh, Kyle. <laughs> I t- I'm the carrot top of Bravo, you guys. I truly am. But I wanted to get a laugh out of him, uh, laugh out of him, and I did. So I was very happy about that. So uh, remember, if you do like this podcast, give it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, please uh, sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. We'll be doing full Summer House recap, recaps over on the Patreon. Uh, so that's going to start this week because episode two comes out tonight. So that'll be up on the Patreon um, later this week. And uh, I think I liked, I love talking about Summer House. So I think you guys will enjoy it over there. Uh, you get that at the $5 level. Um, so 
it's five dollars a month. You get access to tons. We do live uh, live Patreons now too, once a month. Uh, there's a bunch of cool stuff on the Patreon. Uh, and yeah, remember to rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That guy, that, that stuff really, really, really does help. Um, okay, are you ready for Kyle Cook? Let's just jump into it because here's my fear. Kyle listens to this and he's like, I don't want to listen to all this Bravo news up front. So I'm going to put that after Kyle. And uh, But w- this is Kyle Cook from Summerhouse. What else are you going to say? This guy understands the assignment. And I will tell you, I don't know if it's in this interview or if we were talking beforehand, but Kyle said he was listening to my recap while he was working out. And I was like, oh, no, dude, do not. Like, that is something that made my butt pucker up, you know? And you're like, oh, no, 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 Kyle. I mean, I should want everybody to listen. But I'm like, oh, my God, what did I say? Did I said something bad? Probably because, listen, I, I this Kyle Carl thing. It breaks my heart because it, it did come out, of course, that Kyle, uh, that Carl actually is not working with Loverboy anymore. He, of course, is an investor in the company and wants it to have great success. But we're going to see the dissolution of that relationship. Maybe, uh, you know, we've already saw it in the first episode of this season. I'm curious how much longer it's going to play out until we find out exactly what's going on with Loverboy. So there's some really interesting stuff in this. Also pay attention at the very end. I asked who he would like to come back to Summerhouse, and I thought his answers were very enlightening on that. But Kyle's a really, uh, I like him. He's a nice guy, a good guy. He's also reminds me of all of my friends who, by the way, you guys, I am so hungover. I am so so, so hungover right now. And I'll explain. So I feel very like Kyle Cook right now, except that Kyle goes out and like works out the next day. I, I was like, I was in a fetal position most of the day. And I'll tell you exactly why I I am. There's no excuse for why I'm as hungover as I am, but I'll tell you about all that stuff afterwards. Uh, Kyle, if you're listening, I'm extremely hungover and I think you'd be proud of me. So anyways, uh, season seven of Summer House, uh, second episode airs tonight, like I said, but here to talk a little bit about this season and everything surrounding it, the one, the only, Kyle Cook. Today, uh, we have one of my favorite people on reality television right now. Uh, so much so that I have now uh, patterned my entire look and lifestyle after this man. <laughs> I was just eating cookie dough in my kitchen last night by myself. Uh, he is no stranger to this show. You might be a fan of his from the first season of the U.S. version of Traders on Peacock right now, which a reunion is coming up for. But we most know him, of course, as the creator of the insanely good Loverboy drinks that we all love and chug but also the seventh season of summer house he is a founding member of summer house so we must bow down and give respect <laughs> kyle cook welcome back to the show thank you ryan what, what an intro and what a hairdo man you are decked Dude, out for those of you you can't see i have a mullet on and i guess that's the most important question is how do you care for a mullet do i need an amanda batula to to be behind me at all times yeah, well, if you don't have an Amanda, you can go get a really expensive Dyson uh, air wrap or whatever the, whatever the hell I was using. Um, you're going to need a lot of conditioner because oh I, I appreciate the, the tangled web that long hair can create. Um, but uh, other I mean, than that, this is just- <laughs> your long hair. Your long hair is like a character development. You're growing as a person literally with your hair. And I love that. 
I know. I was like, you know, I think I've tapped out on my personal growth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just grow my hair. <laughs> so we saw season seven, the uh, the premiere episode this past week. Uh, we talked about it on the show and I actually even had Carl on, um, which is funny. How funny is it that now people, the, the biggest relationship people care about in your life is you and Carl and not you and Amanda anymore. I know it's, it's like trading places. Um, but you know, Hey, life, life evolves, friendships evolve. <laughs> We're all put to the test. Um, so yeah, I actually was listening to your recap, uh, at the gym this morning. So I, I caught the, the Oh inter- man. Well, listen, I got really sad. Like I got, there was sad moments and I'm an emotional guy and you know, like I know it started slow. So I know they're going to be ramping up. But let's just go into the new characters because we know so much about you, but we have three newbies right off the bat and I don't know them enough to, I mean, can you vouch for these guys? We got Sam who, uh, who, who I already ball kind of fire ball fire, but I got 10,000 steps before 10 AM. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. I don't not even joking. exercising in the summer house. I know. I'm like, part and, of it is uh, part of the energy comes from the simple fact that she's literally 15 years younger than me. If I had, you know, something slip in high school, she could be my daughter. <laughs> um, we, so she's she's a ball of energy. Um, great addition. Gabby's hysterical. She's just like, I mean, you saw her in that first episode. Where yeah, she, Gabby's line, you taking the hot lap where she was talking about, yeah, my, I really like vapid, vacuous types. I really like models. I thought like, that I'm was sh- awesome. She's like, I'm shallow. And I'm like, like a puddle? And she's like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then, and then Chris, I like, except until he was like, Carl was like, you want to go to, uh, you want to go to Barry's? And I'm all, I've always said, I don't like when you guys go to Barry's in the morning, but then he was like, no. And then he went on a run. And I was like, that's just as bad as Barry's. Well, that was with me. Exercising. That was with me. I, I dragged him out. You know me. I do don't like my runs. Ball. It's just not at 8am. Yeah, yeah. I was, was like, well, I mean, I think I was bitter about the 8 a.m. berries for two reasons. One, it was almost like they went out of the way to not invite me. <laughs> like they were inviting people they just met. And then like the dude that actually does work out and, and tries to counteract my, my old age, I didn't get the look. And the second is just like, yo, it's night one. Are we going to be, you know, hopping in bed at midnight so we can make our 8 a.m. class? So, you know, I like to, you know, make a stink and be all emotional, but no, is- no, that's a, I listen. I said my favorite part of this episode was you alone in the kitchen. Like I could watch a whole Kyle Cook monologue <laughs> show where I was like, let it fly, man. Like take it out on that food, take it out on. And that was like, that was also some of my favorite parts of last season. That's the minutia that I love in Summer House. And it is weird though, because I'm, unfortunately having to grow in my up in my life and I don't like it. And we get to kind of see a little bit of that, or that's where I feel like this is headed this summer. Is that true? Or is it, I mean, are we going to turn up? I mean, cause your birthday party's coming no, we up. Look, I trust I know- me. Yeah. We, we turn up, we just didn't have a party the first couple of weeks, which was, you know, there's only so many themes that we haven't done. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, the, you guys love a costume. You yeah. winter house loves a costume. Yeah, so it was a slow start, but um, no, I mean, look, we 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 always manage to have a ton of fun, and um, you know, I, I think that you know we did we were missing a couple of people the first weekend. We kind of had this, 
you know, this dynamic between me and Carl kind of bringing the mood of the house down just because, you know, I am always kind of the, the, the energizer bunny of the group. So if I'm, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I was, I was kind of bummed. I was, I was feeling hurt and disappointed. And I was like, man, the, like, I know when the vibe is off and usually it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> so <laughs> no, um, no, no. you're definitely all vibe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's like, we are, I, I have this, I was telling the audience, I used to have, uh, I'd go to Coachella every year with a big group of dudes and girls and we would get a nice house, you know, and it was like, it was really, really awesome. And then the pandemic happened and, uh, all my friends went off and had kids and I had this podcast and it, it really never kind of the ship never righted itself. And we don't, and I'm like, Oh wow. And everybody's out for Coachella now. And everybody's, and I'm like, what the hell am I? I don't have a lover boy. I don't have a, but it's really this weird thing. And I was seeing that in the first episode where I was like, Oh man, this is just, it was just reminding me of my own experience. Yeah. You know, and I think that um, th- there's nothing bad about evolving and, no. and, and you know I, I sure as heck don't want to grow up I, I love when people tell me to grow up because i'm like do you want to grow up <laughs> like who, who wants to grow up like kyle act your age and i'm like no why, why the hell would i do that so i you know I, I that's not what this season is about you know keep in mind carl wasn't drinking or partying last summer and we still had tons of fun yeah. right so yeah all right. Sorry. Season six. So that's two summers ago. But, um, you know, this was a, a kind of a, a changing course, you know, for totally different reasons. And um, we we come back and we find our way, you know, to a, a good old fashioned, you know, house party. So don't worry about that. Well, that's I mean, I, I feel like and especially with Bravo audiences is that this to like. For now, the last couple of years, I've noticed we really love to pit people against each other because we think that's what actually starts drama. But I think there's this small minority, now myself included, where I'm like, I want people to party together. I want people to be happy together. I want people to get along. I like a little drama, but I always want to know that it's fixable. And right. that's, I think we even see in the trailer, you and Carl have plenty of scenes. In fact, I saw Carl at the party the other night for the premiere, and he was actually goosing your your luxurious mullets and it seems like you guys are okay but is this part of it like doing the interviews seeing the memes is that uh is that give you anxiety at all knowing that this part of it now kicks in yeah i mean th- this certainly is the dynamic that in you know w- without a show in real life without cameras following you you would never have to deal with you, you go through it right you 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 know you 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 work it out or you don't and then you know on to the next chapter so when you relive it and then you see things and you hear things that you weren't privy to, and then the media yeah. kind of hops on the bandwagon and, and, and then everybody, you know, the audience included starts to weigh in. I think that's, that's the part that can really bring down a friendship. And so, you know, I was pretty insistent. I was like, Carl, we're going to find time to catch up, you know, and, and, and have a dinner before all this starts, because we've been down this road before it can snowball. And let's not let it, you know, that was, that was, you know, I was pretty insistent on that. And I think we've both felt like a weight was off our shoulders, you know, having had that time together. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we want. Like, even if Carl, I know Carl will always be a part of lover boys invested in it. And he's like committed to that. But even if he's not there on a day-to-day operation, but like that's, we were like, Oh, are you guys still friends? Like that stuff is weirdly important. I think to a Bravo fan. Um, 
To take it back, though, and just I, I always love that you do present this great partier and stuff like that. But just to remind people, you were the guy that was in like you were living with a bunch of dudes like at college and you were the one charging them to clean the whole place. Right. Like you were like yeah. constantly thinking of ways to make money. Oh, yeah. In, in in college, I was the house manager of my fraternity as well as the beer lord. And those were the only paid positions in the fraternity because you actually had to. <laughs> Have some responsibility. <laughs> did you did you um, have to audition to be a beer lord, or is that just is beer lord given? I I it used to be called like the beer commissioner, and I was like, that's a lame title. I'm changing it. It's beer lord, and it's basically you manage the you you pick up all the booze Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you get to basically choose what everybody drinks, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, then you know when I was living in New York in a converted dining room nook with two buddies, you know, I was like working on a startup. And I think this might be what you're talking to. I was like, why am I paying a cleaning lady to come in while I'm here working on my startup, just kissing money. Goodbye. I was, I I go to my two roommates. I'm like, guys, pay me the same amount that your third that you were paying the cleaning lady pay it to me. Now I'll make money cleaning. You know, that was, a horrible idea, but I did. you, but that's, you always were thinking about like working a little bit harder to act like, that's what I like. So I always think like, yeah, party it up on the weekends. I want to see that because I know you bust your ass every other time uh, to take back to the first season. I had made this meme the other day. Cause I remember, you know, the backdoor pilot, they added on to Vanderpump rules and I was flipping yes. livid. Like I didn't know you from Adam. I didn't know, like, I don't want to see a dude in a hot tub with Stasi. <laughs> and then he's like, like, and I was like, who is this? And I was livid. Like, in fact, I didn't even watch the show for the first like two seasons. Cause I was still so mad about that pilot getting snuck into what was your thoughts? Or do you have, do you even remember filming that first episode and going oh, yeah. in? How nervous were you? That it, I mean, there were, that it there were parts. There are parts that I don't remember, including I actually blacked in in that hot tub. <laughs> like when we all got in the hot tub, there was a group of us. I don't remember any of that. And then I black in. You know, when you like when you're young or, you know, maybe you ran into this or not. If the cops like break up your party or like put people into protective custody, man, you sober up real quick, particularly if you're yeah. running from the cops. I think like Stasi sobered me up real quick. And little did I know she had just had a breast reduction, which is actually why she was wearing that, that bathing suit. Like, you know, I, I felt horrible in retrospect. The irony is I'm like, look, I'm a, I'm a startup. I I'm an entrepreneur. Like I respect the shit out of Steve jobs. That was a compliment. And one of the funniest tweets I saw from season one, was like, after they'd watched the whole season, they're like, Oh my God, now that we know who Kyle is, go back and watch that hot tub scene because you'll have a totally new font, newfound appreciation for like the humor in it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that first it's weekend I, it's, was, was a doozy. Um, so uh, to uh, take it back to this season, we're watching Lindsay and Carl navigate this dynamic that you've already navigated in the show and in your real life. Uh, did you give any advice to Carl of not only being in a relationship, but all like, cause this is kind of for all intents and purposes, his first really insanely real relationship where they moved in. But did you give him advice on how to go into filming a season of this show as a couple? Cause I think my worry was like, Oh man, if like they get into a, like if they get into a summer house fight, like uh, where my sandwiches or fights that you have and Amanda have had, did you ever advise him on how to navigate that potentially in a season? 
Yeah, because I mean, to your point, Carl's had you know his fair share of hookups, but he's managed yeah. to go six previous seasons, you know, not in an you know a defined relationship. Um, you know, and I think it kind of goes without saying, like, because he's been privy to all the stress, you know, that Amanda and I have gone through. Um, he knows that it's a whole new, it's a whole other level when you're filming with your significant other and that significant other is a full-time cast member, right? You know, you, yeah. you're just, it's just, a t- actually, I just said it to Gibson. I was like, uh-huh. you haven't filmed reality until you filmed reality with your partner. Cause like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a different ball game. It's a different ball game. And so I didn't even need to give him the heads up. Cause it's like, you are, you know, we saw it in winter house. It's inevitable. People are going to talk about the relationships and guess what? The producers are asking us to, it, it, it is yeah. what it is. It's part of the game. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing too, I, I, I didn't to, to answer your question though. It's not like I gave him a pep talk. We were kind of in this weird place. I had this suspicion that, you know, Lindsay was, you know, giving him all sorts of things to think about and feel insecure about, you know? And so I was kind of on tippy toes to be frank, but yeah. Um, also I, I listen, I'm not uh, a Da Vinci code person or something, but I was going through your Instagram account and listen, this is the week of Valentine's day. Will, will you walk me through this post? Uh, I, I felt like I was having a stroke while I was reading it. This is a post <laughs> that you had a beautiful picture of you and your, your wife. And you said, hello, lover, wishing you the happiest chocolate on this incredibly expensive t-shirt. The one that I'm wearing <laughs> short generosity. Yeah. Kyle Shannon from Be- Ballin, the wishing you the happiest chocolate on this incredible Valentine's day. Thank you for bearing with my lack of romance, but hopefully this picture perfect moment on our special day reminds you of our love. Now I understood that last sentence, oh the God. rest of it. I have no, fl- okay. How were you stroking out during that or what happened? choking up um so i had the caption it was like on lock and i was with um amanda actually i was with like jordan um you know from bravo and and a couple other people and i didn't realize it but my cursor was like right in the middle of the caption and it went into like dictate mode and so the first half (laughs) the first sentence and the last sentence makes total sense and then it like caught bits and pieces of this like two-way conversation i was having about chocolate chip cookies and t-shirts and God knows what else. Which I love. That's actually what you really are talking about in your real life. Like that's like, those are little bits of actual real life, Kyle, when he's not being recorded. That's like, I'm shocked sharks isn't involved in that at some point. I know. I'm like sharks, family, friends, but um, <laughs> no, I, and Amanda thought it was so funny. She's like, just leave it. It's that's hilarious. And I was like, and then no, I forgot. Kind of perfect. I forgot to go back and clarify it. So I put up a story. I think it was like yesterday. I was like, by the way, in case you were, in case your brain was breaking, trying to read my, my caption, uh, it was a funny mistake. Um, it really actually was a funny mistake. It's just that I was trying to put meaning to everything. And I was like, Kyle Shannon, who is Kyle <laughs> Shannon? Who is, I was like, I was looking up things. I was really trying to be prepared. <laughs> um, uh, as we start winding down here, I only have a couple more minutes. Do, uh, does Sam and Chris hook up? Yes or no? Go. Not that I'm aware of, but you know, I can't be everywhere. Does anybody in the summer house hook up besides the 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 married person and the couple people? Oh, yeah. Like, are there hookups oh, yeah. this season? There, there, there's some okay. hookups. I mean, they all um, blur together, but uh, there's some hookups. I can give you that. 
do we uh we know we see your wiener on your 40th birthday reveal according to the trailer uh is that uh <laughs> is, is that is that gonna get <laughs> do we get do we get a fully uncut scene or is that uh what happens you know, after some, that moment some poor soul has to blur my you know my uh private parts frame by frame um i, I meet him every year at the production company's holiday party <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, uh you know the funny thing i was just joking around with the producer like what are you gonna say and i'm like i don't know i'm like i don't really you know script myself i'm like you saw how my my toast went last you know last summer and i was like that was a big dick and then i'm like wait big dick i'm like i can work with that i'm, like, I'm gonna <laughs> big dick i can work not with to that poke fun at the size of my own genitalia but i was like i think there's i think there's something we can work with here there's something we definitely if you could bring one or two people back from previous seasons of summer house where would you start all right i'm gonna go out on well one's not really a limb i i I think i I do miss steven i think he got sucked into the vortex um i thought he was you know good tv and, and and fun to have around I'm actually gonna. This is gonna surprise everybody. I'd like to. I I really hate having any animosity in my life. I'd love to just bring back Hannah. And you're gonna say that, like Hannah. Let's just let's just talk it out. I think this is just one big misunderstanding. I think she thought I had it out for her, and I was like co-conspiracy, you know, conspiring with other yeah. cast members to get her kicked off. You know, when. when when you go through a tough season and then you get the boot, you, your mind goes to weird places. So I can't even falter for that. Um, I, my hope is that enough time would pass where we could, whether it's on or off camera, hash it out. Well, that is very, I'm going to disagree with you, Kyle, but uh, thank you so <laughs> much for playing. I guess <laughs> I, I get two votes. You get one. No, I'm telling you, that's how she gets back in because she's going to get you to say, yeah. And then she gets back in and then it's going to be, and then she's going to rule the summer house, Kyle. She's going to completely take you down. I'm telling you. I, I know people thought that I was like, oh, you know, Kyle just needs to be the alpha and she's an alpha. And I'm like, again, just like relationships, the more alphas, the merrier. I, I do not need to be the mayor of summer house. Um, no. But who would you know you need you need to be the beer lord of summer house yeah, Listen, I'm, I'm always i'm i'm a simple man of simple taste i still wanted luke there with his guitar and his tea tree tapping and his fire making like i need simple yeah. things like that where i go to a room and i see a camera and he's strumming a guitar playing a half-baked song like no, that I mean, is like if i yeah big picture i would absolutely bring back luke just because I, for me it's it's i'm still adjusting to him not being in it he he does come through for my birthday um, so it's not like he was a total stranger yeah. last summer, but, um, and I just, I feel like having just watched winter house with Luke, I just, I feel like he's still a part of all this, but, but yeah, I mean, it always, it always stinks when things don't quite work out and, you know, friends don't come back. Um, but that's just the nature of doing a, doing a house. Um, okay. So, uh, lover boy only available in 41 States. What the, what the hell is wrong with those other States? What's going on? We're, we're working on it. We're, we're okay. We might be up to like 44 soon. Um, okay. 45, I forget, but, um, but yeah, we're just, we're hustling. We just got the, um, the official, um, feedback from, uh, whole foods where we'll be in every single whole foods in the country, um, which, you know, to put that in perspective, there is no other hard tea that's distributed nationwide with whole foods. Um, Dude, congrats. That's like, that really is huge. 
Yeah. So they're not the biggest grocery store, but they're certainly one of the more progressive ones. And um, yeah, man, I'm just, you know, working my butt off. Uh, I love that. Remember you guys, Traders season one on Peacock. I believe the reunion is going to be filmed. Might have already filmed, but it's going to be airing, we I think, at the tomorrow. end of this month. Yeah, yeah, oh, cool. Okay, cool. I think it airs okay. the 28th. Uh, well, Kyle did awesome in that, and I can't wait to see the reunion, but it's really worth binging that first season. They already announced they're going to do a second season. Lover Boy in stores now. Summer House season seven. Uh, I will be watching with bated breath every one of these episodes because it was one of those things that I even said on the podcast you know, I need these shows, these show Vanderpump rules and summer house make me feel alive and, uh, watch it. And, and I need just like, listen, dude, if you find yourself doing solo scenes in a summer house, just like, keep me on ready. I'll pop <laughs> out of a closet and I'll drink, I'll eat cookie dough with you. I'll drink. I'll like, I'll, I'll do whatever. Cause you deserve somebody to party with on the weekends. Period. I forgot my towel fell until it aired. I'm like, Oh, oh you yeah. did it. You loved it. You were loved. No. You were like that. I, I did. I was like, you know what? This night's missing a trip to the, to the kitchen usually it's at 4 a.m but this was at like midnight <laughs> <laughs> uh kyle cook thank you so much i know you you've come on here a bunch and i really really appreciate you uh for always doing this Likewise. and you guys summer house the best and uh i will hopefully talk to you again you got it man thanks so much appreciate the support kyle cook yes that's that's a nice little quick interview to get your day started on the right foot um man i am so invested in the in summer house i really <laughs> I was so invested, and it's uh, it's it's now Summer House Mondays, Jersey Tuesdays, and then Vanderpump Wednesdays. So, by for all intents and purposes, we're potentially living a dream life right now. If we were just to base our life around TV shows, <laughs> oh my God, you guys! I so I tell you, I'm horribly hungover. And I have still not had a Diet Coke since January 1st. Uh, I was so deep into my Diet Coke addiction. And today is the first day where I'm like, it's calling to me. Like, I need a DC so bad. Um, I'm going to get to some Bravo news in a second. I just wanted to tell you a little bit about my weekend. Now, listen, you guys, if you're new to the show, just know that I overshare. I talk a lot about my personal life, and uh, you can always skip past that kind of stuff. I totally get it. Some people just want the Bravo or entertainment news. This is kind of just, this show has always been a mishmash of everything, and uh, we throw it against the wall and see what sticks, and a lot of this is like my personal diary. So, um, so listen, I'll give you an update on everything. My mom starts her third round of chemo this week, doing great. I mean, just uh, her energy level is so, so intensely high c- compared to me, <laughs> somebody that isn't, does not have the illness my mom does. Um, uh, I will tell you, she's getting obsessive, obsessive about collecting wigs. <laughs> she's, man, there is so many, she's really, she's really taken to liking these wigs. And um, the the great thing, she got a gray wig. Like, it's a beautiful gray wig, you know. I mean, not crazy expensive, like, you know, 60 bucks. It's not like fancy, fancy wigs, but she'll find them on Amazon or, you know. But she got this gray wig, and my dad pointed out, which was just hysterical. He's like, you know, your mom, when she had hair, she was getting her hair dyed because she never wanted to go. She never wanted uh, gray hair. And now she bought a wig that's gray hair. And I was sitting there going, Mom, are you going to dye the wig? She's like, no, I like the gray look. And I'm like, wow, isn't that isn't that funny? Like she used to, you know, dye her hair dark all the time and never wanted the gray. Now she has a gray wig. How bizarre is that? Um, she is doing, uh, but she's doing really well. We'll find out a lot more. 
uh, after we get the PET scan, which will tell us uh, if anything is shrinking or if anything has spread, uh, that'll be done after the third round of chemo. And we'll uh, we'll be able to have a lot more information, I guess, at that point, so we can plan for the future at that point. Because right now it's like really hard to plan things because, you know, she wants to, you know, her dream is to be able to get to a point where she could go someplace, you know, like just take a small trip, or she really wants to see the ocean again. And uh, so we're hoping um, that can all happen. Uh, but so here's the deal. I also came out here. Uh, one of my best friends. Well, two of my best friends, actually, Nick and Jessica, their brother and sister. And I went to college with Nick and I got to meet Jessica's younger sister through him. And uh, they just have an amazing family. Uh, Steve and Linda, their parents uh, have always been so great to me, great people. And unfortunately, um, you know, Nick and Jessica's father passed away a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so this was his funeral on Saturday. And uh you know, listen, I, I was, I was thinking about this. I don't know if it was a year, year and a half ago, man, I've got to write these things down, but my other buddy, Adam, his father had passed away and, and, uh, me and my mom went to his, uh, memorial service for my buddy, Adam's father. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful, um, day. And I was so proud of my friend, Adam. And then at this, you know, of course, like you know, it's like a second family to me and the Wagners are a second family to a lot of us. And so I got to see a lot of my friends, uh, that I went to college with friends that I'd, I've known forever. And that part of it was really, really nice. Um, I think the thing, one of the multitude of shitty things about getting older is that you start dealing with more and more of these kind of things. And you have to see, you know, like, I hate that you're like, oh, this was a good, a good service. You know, like you're, you're starting to be like, oh, this is a nice service or like picking out things that you like that this service did just so in case you ever something like this happens to you. You can tell you, oh, that, I like this or, you know, um, so, uh, yeah, it was this really, it was a great service and it was, um, it's always fascinating I try to, I've tried to think about this in the last day. It's really fascinating to hear people talk about somebody after they've gone. Um, even though he'll always be with us in a sense, obviously, of course. But you learn so much about somebody after they're gone in terms of how other people speak about them. And it was so interesting. And, and you know, listen, my buddy Nick uh, just gave one of the most beautiful speeches that I've heard and so funny at the same time, so funny and beautiful. And just, uh, there are these things where like, Oh man, just reminds you to, it, it reminds you to do an inventory on yourself and see if you're living up to any of the expectations you had for yourself, where you failed yourself and other people, what you're doing. Okay. At what you need to be doing way better at. And, um, you know, it's fascinating. I, I, I'd hung out with uh, Steve Nick's dad a bunch of times. I mean, we even had this beautiful family trip to Spain a couple of years ago before the pandemic. And that was just such one of the best trips I've ever taken in my life. But it was interesting. Like, you know, it, it, the, the service was like, I was about to say, the service was sold out. You couldn't get tickets for this thing on StubHub if you wanted. No, but it was packed. It was overflow. I, me and a couple of our, like, we all had to stand at the back because all the seats were taken. That's how, that's how popular this guy is. And, 
you know, hearing, like seeing all the people that had showed up that he had worked with and he was retired, but like, I had not known anything like, you know, you usually don't get into your friends, parents, what they did for a living and stuff like that. But I was hearing all about this and how much his workers respected him and loved him. And, and, and the, but, and then Nick pointed out in his, is that like, yeah, we grew up, you know, knowing my dad's employees and where he worked and stuff like that. But also my dad never brought his work home. He was just always present. He was always there. He was doing our homework and, 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 and teaching our, you know, coaching our sports teams and all of this stuff. And, uh, I just thought that was such a, an amazing little tidbit, but then, you know, he had a couple of the employees spoke and it was just fascinating to hear their take on him. And it was just a good man. And, uh, Nick said, uh, it was something to the effect of his dad always taught him. Like, if you, if you, if you do the right thing, you're always going to be okay. And and that sounds kind of very confusing. I know I'm butchering that, but of like, you know, it might hurt sometimes to do the right thing, but in the end, it's only going to be momentary um, discomfort because in the end, doing the right thing will always be the right thing. And pretty soon, if you try to do the right thing all the time, it's going to be a habit and you're not going to even have to think about it. And you're never going to have to worry about it because you did the right thing. You treated people fairly. You treated people kindly. Um, and I thought these were just great moments. And I, I just always thought it was, I guess my my big thought I kept thinking was that like one of the best, one of the most beautiful things that we get in this life is to get to know other people, is to learn about other people. And I guess the constant reminder is that don't wait until you have to go to somebody's memorial service to find out about them. I mean, today you could legitimately call your parents or call one of your friends or call and just say like, what, what's, what's going on with you? Tell me about this. Tell me about that. Learn something about somebody else. And it's really, it's, it was such a, it was such a lovely day and night because like I, I do so much of this now and I get to I get to learn so much and I get to talk to so many different people. But of course there's always a difference when you're able to do these things in person and you're actually able to live life a little bit, which is so weird to say living life by celebrating somebody else's life. But um I was able to see so many of my friends yesterday and that's and we just got tanked, you guys. We just, I mean, we had a beautiful service and then there was a, a reception afterwards. And then we went to uh, Jessica, who's married to one of my other best friends, Matt Byer. And we went over there and just all these people came back and we were just laughing so loud and just drinking so much wine. And I just, I mean, I, I, can't, I just can't do that part of it anymore, but I was having the time of my life. And it was so nice. And I just kept thinking, I hate that this is the reason why we are all here laughing with each other, you know? I don't know. I, I just, I wanted to share, uh, I always want to say, um, you know, Nick and Jessica have been such a, and are such a big part of my life that, uh, and this is such a big part of my life. And so I I would be remiss not to mention something on this um, so even I can remember, you know, for the rest of my life and have this 
kind of there that this this did happen. There was this amazing man named Steve Wegner who raised two of the best people that I've ever met in my life. And right then, I'm just like, even if I had never met Steve in my life, I would be like, well, judging by his two kids, wow, that man must be incredible. And he was. And he still is. And, uh, you know, Nick and Jessica's mom, Linda, um, is still, you know, is still here. And I I, I pray and I hope uh, that she is able to have just as fulfilling of a life now that they had. I mean, they, God, they were married, you know, God, I was seeing pictures of them as just uh, kids, like in their twenties. And you're just like, dang. Also, Nick, your mom was hot, but your mom was, <laughs> um, I don't know. And, and I, I, I have to remind myself, I think, you know, it's like, I, I and this is not, I don't want this to be narcissistic, but it's hard not to compare things to your own life. And I just really in the last couple of years, and this is also because of the pandemic and stuff, a lot of us went through the same thing, which I don't think we've really stopped and thought about at all how much these last three plus years have truly affected us. But when I think back to my life, you know, if I were to take pictures of my life for the last three years, a lot of it's in front of a computer screen and a microphone. And I'm not complaining about that because it's also been one of the best, best, best parts of my life. Um, I've just got to really remind myself to get out of that bubble and to actively throw myself into life and not hide. And um, I don't know. So I, I just wanted to say that. I don't think you guys probably needed to hear that, but I just wanted to say, uh, you know, thank you guys for everything that you do for me. And you are a huge part of my life. And I just hope, I hope this made sense. And I hope you actually do get to take some time out to, uh, to tell everybody in your life that you love them and, uh, that they mean something to you and, uh, and learn as much about other people as you can. But, uh, you know, this hangover is dedicated to Steve Wagner and, uh, it's a very big hangover because, uh, the hole you will leave is gigantic. Um, but I don't think they have podcasts in heaven, but if for some reason this gets to you, man, what a legacy you have left behind and, uh, truly, truly, truly two amazing, amazing children, uh, that have been so good to me over the years. And it is so amazing to watch Nick become a f- father to Olive and his beautiful wife, Heather, and I just, uh, I'm just so happy to, uh, to be able to have these people in my life for the rest of my life. Okay. So that's it. That that's it. But that's, that's my, and my hangover, you guys, it's mainly just feel bad for me for the hangover. Can you, can you feel bad? I just, I like there were a little, po- I was just moaning today. Like, uh, uh, and then I guess I got pissed off cause I was thinking about summer house and how Kyle will like do those little solo scenes where he's getting wasted. And then he t- tells me he gets up and goes running. I don't need that kind of shit. I don't want the energy to go running, Kyle. How dare you? Okay, let's get to some Bravo news, folks. Real Housewives of Potomac. We had the, uh, <laughs> the, the finally, the reunion. It's a three-part reunion, and right out of the gate, they have re-edited it to make Robin Dixon look stupid because she is, because she chose to share something very big about her and Juan's relationship on a podcast 
and then behind a paywall on Patreon, which, by the way, this is such good advertising for their Patreon. I mean, they must have loved that this got re-edited into it, like her and Giselle on the Reasonably Shady. Um, I mean, so get your bag. I just, my whole thing, I'm going to say this till I'm blue in the face, you guys, is that, and this has a little bit of something to do with Vanderpump Rules, too, is that you got to put these things on the show. And this goes out to Heather Gay as well. The way these shows will ultimately fail if they ever do is because when people try to protect their own lives you're on a reality show you're not supposed to be able to protect your own life i understand the the tendency and the urge to want to do that because wouldn't you love to get paid and not ever have to talk about painful things and just comment on other people's lives but no you know, this is what the assignment is, and this is what you've chosen to do. So whether it be Robin's relationship or Heather's black eye or Tom Schwartz and whatever relationship he's got going now, it needs to be shared on screen. And if not, don't be on a reality series. It's that simple. It truly is. But I think, you know, the, the, the problem we run into is these people wanting everything. These people wanting it all. Wanting the paycheck, but not wanting to, you know, giving a little or trying to, um, trying to, to edit and self-produce and all of this stuff. It's like, no, just share your life. Just share your life. That's it. That's all we ask of you. And you will be rewarded for sharing personal things. Listen, when, when these people really share their real lives, that's when... That's when they are in, that's when, that's when these characters endear themselves to us. That's when we really go, okay, I, I will, I'm, (laughs) I hate to use this phrase. I'm ride or die for that character. If they truly share something real with us. And that's why Katie on Vanderpump Rules, I think she's sharing the reality of that situation for her. Now, Tom Schwartz, on the other hand, I don't think he's sharing his real reality, nor do I think he ever really truly has. He's so charming and so funny that he could skate by usually. And we would always have to, you know, oh, I got drunk and I made out with somebody. We got drunk. You know, this guy has cheated multiple times on Katie. And it's the weirdest thing because he's all like, oh, shucks, oh, shucks, even on... You know, on the show, he said, you know, like, oh, man, talking about dating when he was having that scene with Sheena at uh, Schwartz and Sandy's like, oh, man, like talking about dating somebody after Katie, it feels like cheating. I'm like, well, you know what else feels like cheating? Probably the times you cheated on Katie and you've admitted to it a bunch of times. Did those times feel like cheating on Katie? Right now, Tom, it's not cheating on Katie because you're not with Katie anymore. So don't worry about it now. The times you should have worried about it was when you were married to Katie. Um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's and I like Schwartz. It just it's funny. And I will say, um, this got sent to me a lot over the weekend. I think real moms of Bravo pointed out somebody that they think Tom is involved with, uh, a hairdresser of some sort. And uh I I will say I've heard uh things about that. I've I've heard that is uh, what I will say is that remember, you know, you have to sign off. You have to get approval to be filmed. Like, you you know, the show can't just film somebody. The show couldn't just show up at this girl's house and just start filming her. They would need her permission, right? They would need Schwartz's permission to be able to uh, bring a storyline about somebody else that Tom is or is not dating, right? That is something that I don't think a lot of people realize. I think when I first started watching documentaries or docu-series, I'd be like, well, why can't they just catch the person and put them on camera? Well, because that just, that's not how it is. You have to sign, you have to sign 
you're right. You have to sign that they can use your image. Um, so I just think that leave room for if Schwartz was li- uh, a potential liar in terms of his relationship with Katie, what's to say that it's any different now, that it has changed at all? And uh, I hope, I hope, I do believe uh, Vanderpump Rules will easily get another season because the ratings are fantastic this season. There was a 27% increase from the last season to this season. And Jersey, actually, great ratings as well. Um, so that's huge. So th- very successful. And that's what we wanted. But if this is to thrive, which I think it really, really can, we are in a Vanderpump Rules azance like a renaissance, but with Vanderpump rules, we're at that place. But then people need to share their truths, even if it's painful. Because Katie's being honest. Katie's saying, oh yeah, I've slept with a couple people. I made out with a couple people. That's probably not easy for her to say. But listen, Katie did things the right way. Katie has told the truth in her dealings, you know? And so the Raquel stuff, which by the way, what I'm talking about too is that Raquel and Schwartz, or Raquel uh, posted this picture on Instagram on Saturday and, you know, very messy, uh, poking the bear, if you will. And it was uh, Tom Schwartz and her outside of the Schwartz and Sandy's lounge sign. And it says, just cause, C-A-U-S-E. And then I had the emoji with the tongue sticking out and a peace sign emoji. And everybody was like, what the fuck? By the way, one of her biggest Instagram posts ever got over 55,000 likes. Uh, Katie wrote, you really thought you did something here, but these comments ate LOLOL. Because a lot of these comments are like, I don't like you, Raquel. You're not a girl's girl. Why are you doing this? Which I totally understand. But also the the caption was kind of funny to me. Just cause, C-A-U-S-E. And they're out of Schwartz and Sandys. And I believe that to be um, kind of not poking fun, but also, you know, because... Katie said, uh, Katie and Schwartz were saying that potentially Schwartz and Sandys was the cause of their relationship ending, which I talked about on Friday. I don't, I mean, I think it exacerbated things, but this did not cause their relationship to split up. Tom Schwartz did. (laughs) Tom Schwartz did. Um, So listen, this Raquel thing, I don't think they are not dating. They're friendly. I think they're good friends. And when you're in a position like with Schwartz, he probably wants all the friends he can get. And, you know, whereas sometimes I can understand how Katie would not want to be friends with Raquel, but it's different. Guys are kind of like, yeah, man, I'll be, yeah, I don't want beef with anybody. I don't want to fight. You know, like it's that kind of, there's a little bit of laziness in there and a little bit of like, oh, I don't want that kind of drama. Um, But her posting this, I just, it's funny. It doesn't, I mean, I guess it's harmless, but Raquel, if Raquel is going to slide into this villain role, you don't really see it from the first two episodes, right? It's a lot of her crying, not knowing what the fuck she's doing with her life. And then also, if you watch the trailer for this upcoming episode, she talks about potentially still being in love with DJ James Kennedy. And it's like, oh shit, girl, you are confused. And when you're that confused and you're that kind of messy with things, that makes good reality television. So I'm really excited to watch Raquel's quote unquote journey. I just think if poking, if, if poking fun at the Katie stuff, I think that's a bad road to go down. Um, because I just, I just think it's a bad road to go down. And I think it ends up hurting Raquel's image more than helping it. Because I believe if Raquel would just tell her story and tell us like she did in this past episode, how lost and confused she is, that's the kind of thing that's like, oh man, you know, I'm empathetic towards that. Uh, it, like I said, it endears her to us, but this other kind of stuff, I'm like, ugh. 
But also, is that post to distract potentially from people talking about Tom dating this other girl that we don't know and we don't see on the show? So that's just something interesting to think about. So just just sit with that, you guys. Um, <laughs> so also, in Real Housewives of New Jersey news, we'll actually be back uh, to the New Jersey news in just one second. I wanted to talk to you guys about this week's sponsor really quickly. And this week, So Bad It's Good, is sponsored by Nutrafol. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I am obsessed with Nutrafol. Uh, It is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement and is clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Now, you're like, Ryan, you have beautiful hair already, but you you guys know, I've talked about this in the past where I'm like, I'm starting to see like little, you know, starting to see it kind of recede back. And I was talking, I made this list on uh, on my app of like things that I want to improve. Like, you know, do you ever do that? Like, oh, I've got like a pat, like I'm getting dry patches of skin here and there and I need to, to go see somebody about this. And this was something that I was talking about, about receding hairlines. And so it was so awesome when this product got sent to me and I was like, oh my God, This actually is something that I'm trying to work on myself. And how also crazy, because this is for women and men at the same time. I mean, 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. And if you're among them, know you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. And that's with Nutrafol. And uh, I love Nutrafol. I got to tell you, I've been taking it now for three weeks And I mean, listen, I know I'm probably seeing what I want to see, but have you guys seen some of the YouTube? My hair looks luxurious. I'm not even joking. Also, I know this is kind of like beyond the point, but this is some of the most beautiful packaging I've ever seen. Look, I'm shaking it right now. It is this beautiful, beautiful, like, I think this is like glass. It is like this bottle is just, I I can't, I'm trying to explain. I'm going to probably put a picture up of this because it is just, uh, like, I'm going to save this bottle after I'm even done with my supplements. Uh, anyways, I'm, I'm talking way too much now just about the beauty of a bottle when it's this amazing product. Uh, millions of Americans experience thinning hair. And it's it's more than common. It's normal. But it's not openly talked about, right? Especially amongst women. So going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. It is time to change the conversation and join the thousands of women who are standing up for their strands with Nutrafol. Nutrivol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through whole body health. My, they should actually make target six root causes, and one of those should be Lisa Rinna. <laughs> Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician-formulated using natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients in consistently effective dosages so you get the most reliable results. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. 3,000-plus top doctors and stylists recommended Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support So Bad It's Good, our little show right here, by going to Nutrafol.com, N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, and I'll put this in the show notes as well, and all you have to do is enter the promo code SOBAD, which is like, we should do so good, because this product's great, but the product code is SOBAD to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is 
the best offer anywhere and is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. So you also get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com and use promo code so bad. Uh, a couple of other facts just really quickly just to to sell you guys even more if you're not already is it you know it's only a simple addition to your morning routine. I take four pills in the morning. Um, it's four pills you take every morning and you're going to begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in about 3 to 6 months. Um Nutrafol not only offers hair growth nutraceuticals, but also customized supplements as well, like hair growth duos and topical support with growth activator hair serum so that you can build a tailor-made daily wellness regimen based on your specific needs. Um, so go to the website, poke around. That's all you need to do. Visit Nutrafol.com. You can even take their hair wellness quiz for personalized product recommendations that are, re re that are unique to your own hair's needs. It's uh, neutral women, especially it's ideal if you're experiencing that thinning hair caused by stress, dieting, overstyling and environmental toxins, while women's balance is formulated with additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. Now, remember, healthier hair takes time. You'll begin to experience that, like I said, in three to six months. The powerful ingredients bring your body back into balance, but you may also notice improvements to your your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, and better skin and nails. When you subscribe, you're going to receive automatic monthly deliveries so you will never miss a dose. Now remember, that's Nutrafol.com, promo code SOBAD, and that will be in the show notes as well. And listen, I was talking to my mom about this because my mom's currently bald, <laughs> but after all the chemo and she's able to um, you know, start growing hair again. And hopefully we're like, we should try this. We were, she was like, give me some of this. And I was like, hell yeah, I will mom. Okay. You guys back to our show. Okay. So real houses in New Jersey. Uh, this isn't even on the, this season of the show. This was on Instagram. I'm telling you some of the best seasons of Bravo now are on Instagram. <laughs> Like this, I keep telling Bravo, the minute you guys want to work with me, I will fix your issues with having this runaway production that takes place on Instagram and Twitter every day. This shit needs to be handled because we're doing too many plot lines on Instagram. And it's like, this is material that we can use for the show. You guys stop it. Anyways. I found this on oh, the web. shoot. Sorry. Do you guys ever do that? You have the Apple Watch and you don't realize you're recording yourself or it just then speaks up out of nowhere because you keep hitting the button. Anyways, Joey Gorga and Melissa Gorga, the Gorgas, are in um, in the Bahamas. And they bumped into, randomly, Joe Giudici. He, now, he can't come to America, but he can go to the Bahamas. He does seem like he goes to the Bahamas a bit. It, I mean, Joe Giudici seems like he lives a pretty decent life. Um and Joey Gorga's caption, we see this. And by the way, you know, he, you know Joey Gorga's all huggy to Joe Giudici. They hug. And then Joe kind of grab. It's very Italian, very Godfather, you know, like when they grab each other's faces. Like he was grabbing Joe Giudici's face. You're like, oh, I, I, oh, you know, and I'm like, the moment somebody grabs my face, like I think I'll just run. Like I don't want people grabbing my face no matter how much you know me. Don't grab my face. And he wrote, both walked into the same bar at the same time. A lot of history there. We have we have memories since we were kids. I'm happy he's doing well and looks good. We were both happy to see each other and catch up. Glad someone caught it. Yeah, someone caught it. It's like a perfectly shot video. So I um, imagine that was, um, that was, uh, I mean, not planned, but I'm sure Joe was like, oh, film this, film this. Okay, so... It's kind of nice to see this. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. It's it's kind of nice. And and but then 
Gia writes under this caption on the Instagram post goes, this is honestly comical knowing you were with him for not even five minutes and were able to have somebody take a video of the interaction. Meanwhile, all you've done is talk so poorly about my father. You are such an opportunist opportunist to take advantage of the once in a lifetime opportunity to see my father and use it for a post. Damn. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? 
the women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This Gia, man, this Gia will will ride Joey Gorga's, I mean, just rides Joey Gorga now. Like, that's her uncle and just rides him. But yeah, but listen, I agree with Gia, but I will say, listen, in terms of social media, I think every one of those housewives involved, they're all opportunists. They all do things for posts. I mean, are you going to tell me that Jacqueline Larita and Teresa Giudici, uh, their post last last week when they posted together after their five-hour lunch in Las Vegas, that was opportunist in a way. Why post it anything at all? Why not just have the opportunity to have a five-hour lunch? But it's okay. We love that. And I kind of liked seeing this. But Gia is right, though. Like... Joey's talked a lot of shit about Joe Giudici and vice versa. That's why I was like, are they about to tackle each other like they did in that one that one season of Jersey? And then Joe Giudici was like, what the fuck's all over me? And it was Joey's hairspray <laughs> before you like started shaving his hair. Okay, so then it gets crazier because then Melissa writes, hey, we both said horrible things about each other. It was a nice moment. We have a lot of history. Get the hate out of your heart. Now, the funny part of that is... Melissa wrote that under her account and then realized, and I guess she was the one writing Joey's captions because then deleted that and switched it to Joey Gorga saying that, which is like, oh, shit, because like, I don't think Joey Gorga really does a lot with his Instagram. I mean, his posts are hysterical because it's always like him pointing at a wall and being like, the only person you need to look out for is number one, you know? The Joker, like him laying in the desert and that whole, like, you know, the cactus where it looks like it's like his dong and always be like, the prickly pear can make sure <laughs> the prickly pear is not to be touched, but also has a soft heart. There's always like bullshit musings that are supposed to be inspirational, but they never make sense. And it's always like the same photos that Joey recycles for each one of those. Um, so I just think it's funny that Melissa was writing as Joey. And then, uh, and kind of got, kind of got caught because she accidentally wrote the reply in Joey's voice, but from her account and then deleted it and switched it back. Um, but yeah, I mean, they both did speak poorly, but this, I'm telling you this Joey, Melissa, Teresa, it's, I just, it's exhausting. Like it, they find new ways to hate each other. They find new ways to just. I mean, guys, I don't even want you to get back together anymore. Just, just, totally, just leave each other alone. Just everybody, just just go to your sides. It's really heartbreaking because you think about their parents, and that's always like, oh, you know, our parents are looking down on us ashamed. Yeah, probably. They probably would want you guys to get along. And it must, it just seems like it's impossible. It just seems like it's impossible. And I truly wonder of how how all of these people live their lives. You know, none of these people seem completely real to me. I mean, like, you know, Teresa, it's a whole different ball game. I'm just like, wow, what is 
what is that life life like day to day? And Melissa and Joey, yeah, they are thirsty. A lot of these housewives are completely thirsty. It, it just, it's, it, it, it's boggling. It's boggling. But anyways, I wanted to share that with you guys. I thought that was fascinating. Um, okay, so we did little Vanderpump rules. We did jury. Okay, also, um, in Real Housewives of Salt Lake City news, uh, you hear this Jen Shaw, this complete criminal Jen Shaw? Well, she turned herself into uh, prison in Bryan, Texas, um, and it is a <laughs> – I was doing research on this prison, you guys, and they don't even call it a prison. They call it a camp. And I'm like, I can't, camp? Are you kidding me? And then I went and looked at all these pictures. Guys, they don't even have doors on the the, the quote-unquote cells. So it's like four-person uh, quote-unquote cells, open door. So there's no like prison door that shuts at night or anything like that. It looks like a shitty camp. Like, and, it, and I went, like, it. It's not, it's not bad, you guys. It is not bad. And I looked at their commissary. Like, you can buy so much stuff. They get access to so much stuff. You can have an MP3 player. You can have, they have a computer room. They have classes. And I'm telling you, they, this does not look like a prison. Now, we do know Elizabeth Holmes, that creator of Theranos with the deep voice of like, this is a giant leap forward. She's going to be there pretty soon, which I just like keep those two away from each other. Just, just, this must just be scam, scammer upon scammer. Like this, I, I, I wouldn't put this many scammers in one prison together. I just feel like they could come up with the ultimate scam. Uh, Ronald Richards, I was reading his post. Now she got in a drug treatment program, which is going to also knock a year off of her sentence. So basically she's going to be serving four and a half years. That's four and a half years, um, after everything, because only 85% of federal sentences you have to serve. So 15% gets knocked off right there. You have a year knocked off for this drug program. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's not, and I'll tell you this, this really pissed me off. I was reading about their healthcare because you can read the penitentiary packet, you know, like everything about the prison, what they offer. Jen Shaw now has better access to healthcare than I do, like period. And it's a two, it's like $2 to go to, to, to see the doctor there. And um, it's just wild. I'm like, dude. And I was reading the list of things like every year, mammogram, every year. This. I'm like, she potentially is going to get better health care than we do. And that's when I was just like, fuck this. Also, Jen Shaw, um, she, let's see here. What did she write on her going away Instagram post? I just, I was like, this girl is... This lady is a trip. I mean, honestly, what, what a, we create, like, sometimes we create these awesome heroes in, um, you know, these, these shows. And sometimes we just create monsters or we exacerbate who they already are and they become even more, more horrific. Um, oh my God. I'm looking at her last couple of posts. One was, um, God, she's such a weirdo. This is her last post. I am surrendering to serve a sentence in federal prison today. It is the price I must pay for the bad decisions I made. People got hurt because of my decisions. While incarcerated, I will work to make amends and reconcile with the victims of my crime. In the link in my bio, I offer a more complete video conversation that explains the release plan I created. It's the line I have drawn showing my commitment to work towards over to work toward overcoming bad decisions I made during a personal crisis. In time, I pray that people will judge me for the way I responded to this sentence rather than only for the decisions that led me to prison. I'll publish my work and make the road transparent, inviting others to hold me accountable. I am a believer in earning freedom, and I'll work towards that goal by making things right with the people I hurt. Heart emoji, Jen Shaw.
And then it says in the caption, while Jen is away, an administrator will be running her accounts to keep the Shaw Squad updated. Thanks for the ongoing love and support. I'm all like, listen, dude, go do your time. Leave us out of it. I don't care. I hope you make amends to the victims. Do I believe that you will? No, I don't. But yeah, you'll publish your shit, whatever. You'll make it transparent. I don't want to see or hear from you anymore. Like, I don't. I don't want you back on our TVs after four and a half years. I don't. I don't at all. I think it's, you know, this kind of stuff. You don't deserve. You don't deserve this anymore. And you got lucky. This could have been so much worse for you. But do your time and try to be a good person. But I don't... We don't need to be, you don't need to keep us posted. To me, that is just another narcissistic trait that we see in a lot of reality stars. But, you know, the Jen Shaw, like, no, guys, don't forget about me, please. I'm going to keep making you guys aware of everything that I'm doing. Please, please don't forget about me. And she has that stupid website, DearJenShaw.com. But also, um, <laughs> she uh, she talks about her... Uh, her uh or her release plan she drew so she did this interview um with a guy that uh <laughs> with a guy uh it's called white collar advice on youtube and it's an exclusive interview before jen shaw goes to federal prison and he wrote a book on your release plans and things like this and uh she did an interview you know what she drew up as her release plan and i'm like we don't need to know this. This is a personal thing. Like work on you and your family. I mean, she got tattoos of her family's name last week. And that was another thing where I was like, girl, girl, you, it still seems like she is completely lost. But listen, I hope she is found. And I just hope that she leaves us out of it. I know that might sound harsh, but honestly, I feel like she does get a second chance. Like use it to the fullest of, uh, of your ability Maybe don't like, okay, so now this all leads up to Heather Gay's book. I listened to Heather Gay's book, Bad Mormon, and I want to be really fair and really honest about a little book report I want to talk you guys through right now. Now, I told you on Friday, I've really overdone it in Bravo books lately. I listened to Craig Conover's and Leah McSweeney's, and now I listen to uh, Heather Gay's. Now, this is Simon & Schuster, big, big publishing house. I tried to find the ghostwriter and I couldn't. I do not believe in any way that Heather Gay wrote this book fully. I do believe these are all Heather Gay's stories, Heather Gay's sense of humor or the lack thereof or what she's calling humor is in this. Uh, but to be fair, okay, and if especially if I'm comparing it to Craig and Leah's book that I just listened to recently, I will say it is the best one of those three. I'll be completely honest. The things that I loved about this book, listen, if it, if the, I find religion fascinating, I find the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Mormon, Mormonism, I find stories about the Mormon religion fascinating. Uh, I read Under the Banner of Heaven a long time ago by John Krakauer, which I thought was just a fascinating look at a certain sect of, of Mormons, um, Mormon extremists. Um, and I grew up in high school with a bunch of Mormons. And I watched one of my best friends convert to Mormon religion and go to serve a mission. And, and then, uh, you know, not being able to complete his, I mean, I, I've been through a lot with the Mormon religion. So from that aspect of it, this book really, uh, 
really touches and delves into the Mormon religion in a way that I think saves the overall book, right? Because Craig's was like, yeah, I like to make pillows, and oh, I was bullied a little bit in like third grade, and and that's why I don't like Shu and Shep bullies me. And it's a really kind of weak book. It, it finally gets to the pillow stuff, and it's kind of fascinating him building a business, but it really kind of shows, these books always kind of show the overall Achilles heel with them, you know, or like for Craig, I was like, like Craig has lucked into a lot of things in his life. He's very talented, but a lot of it's like first lazy. And then he realizes he's lucked into it. And then he starts working hard. Um, but that seemed to be a recurring pattern. Leah, on the other hand, I liked, you know, Leah had a very interesting story, but I just, I feel like that kind of scratched the surface instead of really going in deep a lot of the times when it could have. And I thought, um, there, I thought Leah wanted to be cooler than she is. You know, I thought she wanted to be smarter and more thought provoking than it was. I thought, found like she, she really wanted it to be more than that book was, if I'm just to be completely honest. Um, and, and I just didn't get, a, I got a good sense of Leah at times. And then other times it just felt rushed. Um, but if we were to judge this book, Heather's book on just the Mormon aspect I think it really pays off. It fails in a lot of ways. And it also points out the glaring flaws in who Heather Gay is as a person. And I got to tell you, man, from those first two seasons, you guys know if you listen to the show how much I loved her. And this season, what a flopping, flaming turd bomb this she was this past season. And I'm starting to kind of see, and through this book, the real Heather Gay. It, it, it's, it's very... Uh, she's very calculated. She's very calculated. And I don't think any of us really gave her credit or even noticed that. But now I'm finally, you're like, this book kind of highlights a lot of this. And also, I think with reality stars in general, or just any, any of us, we all want to be more than we are, right? We all want to be stars. We all want to be big, big stars. And uh, And Heather is that way as well. Heather wants to be special so bad. And that's why I think this season was so horrible for her is because she started believing that she truly was special. And Heather is special. We're all special. But you know what I'm saying? When you start to believe your own press, when you start to believe that your shit don't stink, that's when it really kind of locks in. Um, so based on if you're looking at this book for housewives knowledge, you're not going to get that much of it the last couple of chapters starts focusing on it. And it's really more, and this was kind of interesting talking about uh, the show initially, because it wasn't a real housewives franchise at first. They were just putting together. They thought it would might be about business women in Utah. And Heather supposedly didn't think she would even be cast, but she was given all this information and she was, you know, Oh my goodness. And she was still very involved in the Mormon church. She was going to church every week. And, uh, you know, she was just like, and then finally like, oh my God, oh my God, they are going to pick me. And you could tell how much this means to her. And I always think, I said this a couple of weeks ago, is that with casting, it's trickier and trickier because you want to get somebody that doesn't want to be there and doesn't need to be there. And those to me are the most fascinating people to watch. The people that don't need to be there, you know? And Heather desperately wants to be there. In fact, in one of the final uh, pages, she's saying like, I pray every, you know, at the end of every season that I'm going to be asked back for the next season. And I feel that kind of desperation. You start, the audiences start to feel it. And I don't think Heather Gay is going anywhere. Um, 
But it is one of these things. So if, if judging the book just by the Mormon aspect, I think it's fascinating, especially if you don't know a lot about the Mormon religion. It shows you how strict they are, how everything is done uh, with God in mind a lot of the times. It talks about uh, – this was always fascinating to me is the undergarments they wear um, where it protects you. Um, a lot of people will call it magic underwear. And I, I'm like, I want magic underwear. Oh, my God. Are you? I remember. I remember my buddy Paul – Mormon had to, got to wear the garments. And I'm like, why can't I wear the garments? Do you have to be a Mormon? I want magic underwear that protects you. Like always the, the, the urban myth was like, you get into a wreck and the magic underwear saves you. And I'm just like, that's, this is the closest I'm ever going to be a superhero. Let me wear the magic underwear. But, you know, it explains, you know, have you have to wear these undergarments and they were even so strict as, you know, you're supposed to wear the undergarments and then put the bra on over the undergarments instead of, you know, and there are a lot of things I didn't know about Heather that I got that I found out about this that I kind of wish the show would talk about. Like she had a scholarship to a college for playing piano. I'm like, I want to, how is Heather this bad at a show, at a choir? We saw her put together a choir, one of the worst choirs I've ever seen represented on TV. And she had a scholarship for piano. Like, I want to see a little bit more of the musical talent. I was like, what? She served her mission, which they do this. It's like a 15 month mission for all Mormons when they're usually young. A lot of Mormons will go serve uh, a mission to go try to get other people into the church. And it's a really intense process because you're not allowed to talk to your family. You're, you're just doing your mission work. You give your life to God for those 15 months and the, uh, the church. And she served hers over in France. And, you know, it, and it also, that sounded like a miserable experience, uh, but it was fascinating to hear about. And she even talks about the one time being a bad Mormon in that uh, capacity was that she snuck out to see the movie Titanic and uh, she saw Titanic and you're not that you're not supposed to do anything like that on your mission. So those are the interesting parts. But then there's like all these things, you know, you talk about Achilles heels. The overwhelming thought I kept having was that this is somebody that never truly knows what they want. They just want to be famous and they want to be more special. They feel like they're special and they want to be special so badly. And so it feels like a lot of times in Heather's lives and it keeps getting more extreme, she'll do something kind of not reckless, but like, like even her relationship when she got married to Billy, you know, madly in love, madly in love. And then within the first month, she realized this was not, uh, you know, not a good relationship. And, you know, they ended up having three kids together. I now am f- would be fascinated to hear Billy's side of all of this. Um, but it's like she got obsessed with being the perfect wife. Da, 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 da. And then she was just desperate to get out of this relationship. And she kind of threw down a, a gauntlet of, you know, well, listen, you're saying you're going to move out, then move out, then just do it. You're going to like leave trying to, fo-. and she, she even called the cops on him once and like there were charges brought up against him. Uh, then after that relationship ended, she got a DUI, but she says she wasn't. Uh, she was under the legal limit, but uh, it was still not enough. And But there's no mugshot of that. Uh, she also talks about being brilliant at business and multiple businesses she had growing up. Um, and then, of course, that led to Beauty Lab and Laser where the she uh, – she rocked the world of med spas by doing a half plump lip, like a, a mini plump instead of the full plump lip. They invented something called like the mini plump. I don't know, you guys. You, a lot of you guys are girls. You might get it. But it, it, she said it revolutionized beauty lab and laser. So good on her for that. But there seemed to be a recurring theme of 
once she saw greener pastures other places, she kind of left whatever else behind, whether it be the Mormon church, whether it be her marriage, whether, you know, like, and that's the thing was that I, and the other thing, when it did get to the chapters talking about the housewives, she barely talks. She talks maybe about Jen Shaw for like a page and a half. It's ridiculous. And it's so light. Doesn't really talk about filming any of the scenes there. I mean, there's not even close to anything about that black eye in there. There's not even a talking about this season. The only thing she re- reveals is that like they shot a reel to get like people interested in whatever this show was going to be. And that's where Bravo picked it up and made it a real housewife show. But she said Whitney got cut from that even though Whitney was great, but they cut her at the last minute. They also cut Angie Harrington, who was initially in it. They ended up starting to film and it wasn't going well. And they brought Whitney back. Um, but I was so shocked. Like, you know, you think like how ride or die she is with Jen, where it like completely for me was part of ruining Heather Gay's whole reputation this season. Like she's not, she's only been friends with these people for like a, a handful of years. Like she thought, like she knew Jen Shaw only from Beauty Lab and Laser, because Jen Shaw would go in there and spend ridiculous money, you know. And Heather rec- like so Heather was like, they all kind of Heather recommended, uh, or I think Meredith Marks and Lisa Barlow were the people. Lisa Barlow was one of the people that recommended Heather, which is hysterical thinking about the relationship that they have. Um, but even Whitney and her, she met Whitney because she was then Heather was also doing photography and she was doing boudoir photography and she shot Whitney and that's when they met and then realized they might be cousins. So these are all fairly new relationships. So don't get it twisted thinking these are lifelong relationships, but that also shocks me about the Jen Shaw stuff even more because you're going to lay down your reputation for somebody that for somebody that is, are you lay down your reputation for just a criminal for a full blown criminal and you barely know this person. You you do not know this person your whole life. And I just feel like there is a lot of character flaws in Heather Gay. Like, she's a nice, relatable, fun one. I think there's a lot of plot devices in the book in terms of she uses a lot of um, catchphrases from movies and TV shows that we all know and love. You also know that she loves, uh, you know, Andy Cohen and the Housewives and did long before. So it seems like she was obsessed with getting on this show. This really meant something. And listen, she even talked to the uh, somebody at her church about this and, you know, was like, hey, you know, we don't think this is the best idea. But like, listen, if you're at a place and you're drinking alcohol, maybe carry around a glass of milk, which first off, disgusting. We all know that nobody should be carrying around milk as an adult. But, but, but like, I think she got this taste of this fame and it was like, bye-bye Mormon church. But even then, like we saw Whitney this year in an episode excommunicate herself from the church where she's getting taken off the list. But I don't think Heather still has done that. And Heather up until filming was still going to church every week. Heather was still going to church every week, was still following. And, and But at the same time, it's just interesting because then you see like her kind of drop all of this all of a sudden. And I wanted a little bit more of the why of that. And she has like a phrase of like, well, you know what? I think maybe I choose to believe that maybe God does want to see me not with a glass of milk, but with a martini. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe God wants that. But then also, does God want you rubbing tatas with Jen Shaw like you did in San Diego and then getting a black? Like, does God want you to see? Like, I just always think it's funny when people abandon a lifelong religion or philosophy for greener pastures and those greener pastures being TV. That part always makes me sad because, listen— I sometimes still am trying to figure out what religion means to me. 
But the people that supposedly have religion figured out and then they drop it really quickly once something calls that's like a little bit of fame or a little bit of that. And they're like, okay, you know what? You know, you know, maybe God will be more personal to me and not the church that I've followed my entire life and my family has. You also realize, I mean, listen, for somebody that, you know, has been a part of this church for so long. And I will say, I did know how strict the Mormons are about the secrets. Like you go into this temple, we're not allowed to go into this temple, the Mormon temple. And you go through this thing, you know, a process of, you know, there's a lot of secrets. There's a lot of secrets she reveals in this book about the Mormon religion, which I was shocked about. Um, I had known, I had known about some of these already, but like part of these are, you know, you're saying like, listen, by revealing these secrets, I'm, you know, I'm going against God in some ways. So I was shocked about some of those things of like, yeah, man, like I don't think anybody in the Mormon church, if they're aware of this book, will be very happy about her doing this. And that's sometimes the part where I was like, listen, I might not agree with the Mormon religion in so many ways, but I'm, you know, but I found it wild her exposing everything, Expo exposing these sacred traditions and stuff like that. It, that's the part of the book I found fascinating. I liked that part, but I just thought, oh man, what a shitty thing. Like really, like she really is going against her family and stuff like that. And for what? To hang out with Jen Shaw and Lisa Barlow and Meredith Marks? I mean, she compliments everybody. Uh, she keeps it real even keeled in terms of the housewives. But that's what I'm saying. The housewives part is so, like there's nothing really juicy. Like I said, the juiciest stuff is just how the show was put together and how much Heather was a part of putting the show together. And that is why I feel like she needs to maybe take a step back and not not try to produce the show. Not try to be like, oh, I, I know how reality shows work now. And that's what she sounded. And she had a friend that was like on one of the seasons of The Bachelor and she kept like name dropping this girl. And so she's wanted more than she was for a long time. And we all want that for ourselves. We all want to be somebody much, much, you know, it's that, that line I always talk about in Mr. Jones, the Counting Crows song. Like, uh, we all want something beautiful. Man, I wish I was beautiful. And we all want that. We all want to be told we're special. We all want this, you know? I just think sometimes the things that we sacrifice to get to those things are very dangerous. And I don't know. I just, uh, I came away from this book knowing that Heather Gay definitely wants to be famous. And I don't know if I would trust anything that Heather Gay says. Um, I do, I do think, and I will, like, I'm very honest. I do think this is one of the better Bravo books I've listened to or read. Um, truly, I thought it was interesting. And I thought that single-handedly goes because she's talking about the religion in such a way. I thought that part was fascinating. If you're going to want to hear dirt about housewives in general and stuff like that, very, very, very thin on that. And also with the Meredith Marks things, I was watching that video this weekend of them all at dinner. And it was like this horrible TikTok that Chloe May or Brooks Marks put out. And it just like, it, it's really true what Lisa Barlow said, the fucking family that poses. Like it just, it's even like how they were at like a full table of dinner and this Chloe girl's doing a lip sync to a song. And I'm like, this is so weirdly cringy. And just Meredith and Seth just looking emotionless watching it. And I'm just like, it's like children of the corn almost. It is so weird to me. 
Um, so that is my mini, mini book review of Bad Mormon. What did you guys think about it, though, if you read it? Listen, I got this from the library. I wouldn't have paid my own money for this, uh, but I'm, I'm happy that I listened to it. Uh, like I said, I, I thought this was one of the better ones, so I don't want to, but they're, they're kind of this, the person that I thought Heather Gay was, it kind of, I think she's a very, very confused woman, and I think if she does not kind of get some things in place around her to keep her maybe a little bit more grounded. She's going to have a lot of problems in the next decade. Yeah. You just get that sense or I get that sense. I think she's just, I think there's a lot of room for her to get herself in trouble in a lot of things. And it's just an eerie feeling I get, but that's, that's it. So, uh, that is it you guys. And that's it for today. We'll talk so much more about everything. If you do have comments about the book, let me know. I'd love to read them on air. Um, and we have new shows all week. Also remember family karma was a new episode tonight It's part one of the wedding. And I watched it, loved it. I'm fully on the family karma train right now two parts to this wedding episode. So the season finale will be next Sunday. So make sure you catch up and make sure you just watch Family Karma for the love of God. It's a great show. Um, but I hope you have a great gentle reentry to your week today. And uh, I'll talk to you guys bright and early on Tuesday for the Pop Culture Roundup. Have a great week, you guys. Betches.